From the first time I heard Sweet Adeline when EXO came out in August 1998, the album cast a kind of protective spell over my life. Its opening directive, cut this picture into you and me, burn it backwards, kill this history, fulfilled by a salvo of bottle rocket sounding guitars, half reclamation, half self-immolation, at the close of the parenthetically stoic Waltz number no. 2 XO. When it was announced that Elliot would be playing a spring tour date in Lawrence, Kansas, I was ecstatic. In the years that followed, I would see him play in London, New York, and LA. All great performances, but the Lawrence show was easily the best. He had bought a vintage electric guitar in town that day as a gift for Portland-based opening act Junior High. And you could tell that they were so touched by that, so proud to be on tour with a talent of Elliot's magnitude and one who was from their city. Elliot's band was ferocious that night, adding teeth to speed trials, the rainy opening track from Either Or, and grit to the already acerbic Amity, and a question mark from XO. The highlight, as always though, was Elliot alone. Returned from the bar's tiny attic to cover Neil Young's Harvest Moon, and play his own classic love song, Say Yes. Pressing on with the performance even after the stage monitors went on the fritz, and somehow managing to hit every note of the ascending verse melodies. He asked the audience, as was somewhat a custom of his during encores I learned over time, Do you want to hear a happy song or a sad song? and seemed to delight in the mishmash of voices yelling, happy, sad, both, and song requests all at the same time. Upon recognizing the quietly optimistic shuffle of Say Yes, an eruption of joyous shouts fell to a vacuum-sealed hush in a split second. The audience elated but not wanting to miss a second of Elliot's singing. His voice was that good. Windy, taut, somehow knowing. I was introduced to Elliot's music the same way that millions of other people were, in a movie theater. When Goodwill Hunting came out in December 1997, I was a college freshman at a crossroads. On the outs with friends and parents alike as I renounced my religious faith and withdrew into music and philosophy. The title character, caught between worlds, between professorial designs, between acts of destruction and creation, an embodiment of the individual will and its competing potentialities, was at once riveting and relatable. The first four of Elliot's songs featured in the film, No Name Number Three, Say Yes, Between the Bars, and Angelus together with Danny Elfman's wistful score, like breath in October air. A story of trauma and its cyclical turn. Elliot's Miss Misery signals its hard-earned catharsis. Experiencing it at a Kansas City matinee on an otherwise aimless day was immobilizing. Hair raised, spine tingling, my life had changed. The only comparison that feels apt 
is the uncanny, transmission-like experience of hearing Procol Harum unspool holy verses from a lost gospel over mournful church organ on a whiter shade of pale for the first time while driving on a starry sub-zero night. That summer, after relations went from strained to broken, goodwill hunting became the still point of a world spun off its axis. Jubilation. That was the feeling when Matt delivered the inconceivable news that we were going to record at Elliot's, and again when Elliot first initiated communication with me in the studio. I was quietly playing a walking melody over an A major 7 to A minor plus 7 chord progression in the main room while the guys were working on the patch bay when Elliot emerged from the lounge area he had disappeared to. His ears seemed to pick up the sound of the strumming, and with his left hand he signaled a decisive thumbs up as he strode through to the control room. Nearly dropping my guitar pick, I shot a stunned look at Sean, who was routing cables a few feet away, as if to say, oh my god, did you see that? He had. For the first time since nervously waiting behind Matt's car across the street from Elliot's cottage that morning, I took a full breath. Feeling welcome, a bit more at ease, I summoned the courage to speak to Elliot as he was walking back from the control room to the lounge. Oh, hey, Elliot, is that a harmonium? I'm Andrew, by the way. Thank you so much for letting us record here. Oh, yeah. Sure, no problem, Elliot said as he walked over to the instrument. I've never seen one before. Are they hard to play? No, not really, Elliot replied. The trick is to pretend like you're dancing with it when you play it, like a waltz, you know? He shared as he unclasped two small metal pieces toward the top back of the treasure chest-shaped object, releasing its delicate wooden fan. You just pull out one of these levers, he continued, drawing out one of nine silver knobs on the front, and play the keys while you pump the fan. It's like an accordion, but darker sounding, Elliot observed. Wow, I said, it's beautiful. Give it a try, he encouraged as we traded places. I placed the thumb and three fingers of my right hand onto the C, E, G, and B keys in the middle of the keyboard and carefully drew air into the fan with my left hand, producing a soothing C major 7 chord. There you go, he said. It was magical. So engulfing you could feel the resonance flowing up through the sound holes in the top of the instrument and into your chest. I moved my fingers up to G, B, D, and F sharp, a G major 7 chord, and slowly moved the fan again, this time delicately waltzing with the instrument in 6-8 time to understand the secret Elliot had revealed. C major 7, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, silence. G major 7, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, silence. Wistful like the opening chords of Satie's 
Gymnopedia number one, but in a different key. It was transportive. Play it as much as you like, Elliot invited. Wow, I said again, at a loss for words. <laughs>